0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for February 10th, 2020. Uh, this is the time of the week that we all get together to talk about CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that runs on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Uh, I'm Katni, and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. Uh, CircuitPython Development is sponsored by Adafruit, so please support them by purchasing hardware at adafruit.com. Uh, This weekly happens typically at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays, except when a U.S. holiday occurs on a Monday. Uh, We will post notices in the CircuitPython channel on Discord and uh, let everybody know um, as soon as we know that there will be a meeting moved. This meeting is recorded. Uh, It is hosted on the Adafruit Discord server. In the CircuitPython voice channel and we record the chat the CircuitPython channel chat and um, everybody's voices so if you are uh, would rather not have your voice recorded um, feel free to post your updates to the text channel and we will read them off and uh, so you're still able to participate if you don't have a microphone or if you prefer not to be recorded. Uh, we, um, we have a notes document that accompanies this video and uh, that is where you can post your hug reports and status updates. And that is where if you are lurking and you still have updates, feel free to add them to the notes and we'll read them off uh, as we get to you in the list. If you're listening to this later and you find that you can't participate, but you um, Still want to have Still want to report some updates. You can always add to the notes and say that you're missing the meeting and we'll read them off uh, as though you were here So uh, this video will be posted on YouTube and the audio is posted to uh, Podcast services all over the globe So if you find that your favorite podcast service is missing this podcast, please let us know so we can resolve that this meeting is held in five sections, I believe. Um, we keep making it bigger, so uh, which is great. Uh, the first section is community news, which is a discussion of uh, everything that is Python on hardware in the community. It's sort of a preview of our Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, um, but it's a chance to just hear what's going on with CircuitPython in the um, in the community. The second section is the state of Python libraries and Blinka. This is a t- statistical overview of the entire project. It's a chance to see the product or hear about the project by the numbers. Um, and uh, just discuss um, what uh, what the status of it is. The next section is hug reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to call people out for doing good things. Um, It is held in a round robin where the person who is running uh, that portion of the meeting will start and then we'll go down the list in alphabetical order. Again, if you are lurking or don't have a microphone um, or would rather not um, have your voice recorded, you can add your... um, You can add your updates to the notes and we will read them off uh, in the same alphabetical order. The next section is status updates. It is also held as a round robin in the exact same format. Uh, Same things apply. If you are lurking, let us know. If you wanna add updates, uh, you can feel free to do so. And we will read them off. The The last section is called in the weeds, which is an opportunity for more long form discussions. Uh, So if there are things that come out of um, status updates that sort of turn into uh, requiring a longer discussion, we can add it to In the Weeds. If you already have a topic that is outside of status updates and is something you want to discuss, feel free to add it to the notes. And we will um, go to you when we get to that point. And it's best to please provide your in the weeds topics throughout the meeting um, and or during status updates so that we're not waiting around. At the end, we can just go right into in the weeds and have those discussions. And that is how this meeting goes. So uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Phil with community news.
1: All right, thank you, Kenny.
0: You are welcome.
1: All right, first up. Hot off the press, sort of. Um, Scott's talk from Pi Cascades is up. Um, I have a time-coded URL that I just put in Discord. And I also have the video itself unlisted on our YouTube. Sometimes conference videos, um, they might get dinged with um, YouTube copyright stuff or who knows. So I always try to make a a copy and have it unlisted um, for our team. Also, sometimes on mobile, the URL time code thing doesn't exactly work, and this is like an eight-hour long video, so you can watch it there. I'm going to be doing a blog post uh, by the end of today because I'm going to put that in a newsletter. If you haven't seen it um, or if you're uh, looking for a quick uh, review of it, it was excellent. Scott did a really good job, so you can you can see and hear all about it. Next up, uh, congratulations to MicroPython. They reached 10,000 stars on GitHub. CircuitPython Python is based on MicroPython. Congratulations to the MicroPython community, Damien, and everyone over there. Looking forward to more cool stuff inside of Circuit Python and things with MicroPython. Next up, um, we announce this. If you're going to PyCon, everyone's getting a clue. See how that, see how that word works pretty nicely. That they're getting a clue. We haven't the foggiest clue. Everyone's getting it, finding clues. Um, it's about thirty. 300, I think, altogether clues. Um, so everyone, if you're going, you get one. Special thanks to DigiKey who made that possible. Next up, um, we're seeing a lot of bicycle projects that are starting up. Um, Joey, who's uh, well known for the open book Feather um, project that won the Hackaday Take Flight with Feather contest, uh, did some really neat stuff right away. And then we're posting up a lot of stuff. Uh, the Bluetooth Low Energy things that we're doing is unlocking all of the sensors and things that have Bluetooth that you can finally do something with. So um, we're using it with Clue. You can use it with some of our other boards. But uh, Dan, Scott, and team are working on a lot of um, Bluetooth Low Energy stuff. Uh, Joey has a a bike computer already, so check that out. Um, I'm trying to keep up with the Open Hardware Summit badge updates that Drew and Alex and uh, I think Michael are working on. So um, when I see photos and more, I'll I'll update either the blog post or I'll just do a new blog post. The latest is there's a REPL that runs on it and you can see some of the hardware and more. Um, Speaking of Open Hardware Summit and Open Source Hardware uh, Association, the certifications that they do, uh, Michael Weinberg, who is the chair, I think, or president of Open Hardware Association, and also happens to be a lawyer, does a post with Make every month or so. And uh, one, I think that's good so people see that there's new things that are getting certified. And two, um, I like to look at it for, like, OK, wh- what are people doing that makes it easy for them to make and share hardware? And it looks like lots of Feather stuff, that format's taken off, um, and then adding Circuit Python, uh, the Open hardware badge, isn't it? And it seems like that's one of the things. Um, we're up to 111 boards on CircuitPython.org/downloads, and you just get so much when you're using some of these open formats, or like Feather, or you know, an open source language like CircuitPython. So kind of neat. So check it out. Um, it's one of the trends that um, that we're excited about, of course. And then um, last up, uh, some of this stuff is in the weekly newsletter. Thank you everyone who tags us and adds us and lets us know about news. It will go out tomorrow around 11 AM. So if you want to add anything, there's still a little bit of time. Um, I'm going to wrap it up by probably 5 PM today. Then Ann helps out with it, and then we send it out tomorrow. Um, But uh, if you need to get anything in, this is the time to do it. And that is the Community News this week. Back to you, Kenny. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. All right, next up. Is the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka. This is a statistical overview of the entire project, uh, which doesn't just include the CircuitPython language, it also includes all of the libraries and our uh, Linux single board computer um, wrapper, uh, Blinka. And um, this gives us a chance to just hear about how everything's going for the whole project and to um, discuss uh, just any kind of statistics that we want to talk about. So uh, I will get started. Overall, um, we had 41 pull requests merged by 12 authors. Uh, Some new names in there. Stitches and Burns, New Buck, Ignashold, Biffo Bear, uh, these are names I don't recognize, so welcome, and thank you for contributing. And um, we had eleven reviewers, which is excellent. Um, I want to say a specific thank you to uh, Foamy Guy, who has recently picked up um, doing a lot of reviewing and testing uh, and has been super helpful. And also to Jay Edgar Park, who um, it doesn't typically he's he's one of our Adafruit folks, but uh, doesn't typically show up in the reviews, so that's excellent to see that there as well and we had 19 issues closed by eight people and 11 opened by nine people and that is across all of this Um, so overall we're not down uh, which is excellent Um, in terms of things in general we're still working towards 5.0 stable um, which is to say right now we're working towards uh, 5.0 release candidate uh, which is super close Um, I know everybody's working real hard to get through all the bugs and get us to a point where we can have a solid release candidate. And once we do that, um, obviously, if you have the opportunity, please test it. Uh, It can be as easy as taking your project that you already have and just running it with the new CircuitPython, the latest release, and telling us if it doesn't work. Um, It should work the same uh, or better and if that's not the case uh, we need to know so we can fix that before we actually release it Um, the in terms of the libraries we are working very hard to get through uh, open prs and so on um, and to not let those sit and we've been uh, keeping up with that pretty well i think Um, and that i think is about where we're at overall so with that I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core.
2: Hello. Thanks, Katni. Uh, First and foremost, we had six pull requests merged from five different authors. Uh, Ignis Hold, uh, which is probably butchering it, and uh, Neubach are two new authors, so thanks to those folks. And I believe the Neubach is uh, some board requests, so excited to see that. Uh, We had five reviewers as well, so thank you to all the different reviewers. Uh, we have 14 open pull requests. Uh, most of them are under a week old, which is amazing. I'm excited to look through those. I'm a little behind, but uh, thank you to everyone for those PRs. Uh, issue-wise, we had five closed issues by three people and five open by five people, so we're net uh, neutral, which is great uh, for a total of 253 open issues. Uh, you could go to github.com slash Adafruit slash CircuitPython slash issues uh, to see all the open issues. We've categorized them into milestones. Uh, we have three issues that are not assigned to Milestone, and we have 10 open issues on the 5.0.0 uh, Milestone as well, which is the one that we're going to pay the most attention to, given that we're trying to get 5.0 out the door. Um, and uh, again, we don't have any download stats this week because I think we have too many downloads for for GitHub to be happy with us. So uh, with that, I'll pass it back to Katni.
0: Thanks, Scott all right next up is the libraries Uh, so this week we had 35 pull requests merged um, with stitches and burns and biff obear being uh, on that list and uh, by seven reviewers and we have in the notes the list of merged pull requests a majority of which were handled within uh, 24 hours which is excellent And we closed one of our oldest PRs out, uh, merged that, which is also excellent, um, as we are trying to get through those. Uh, We had 14 issues closed by eight people and six opened by five people, so we are net down, leaving us with 139 open issues. Uh, We currently have 20 open pull requests, the oldest of which is 373 days, and the newest of which is within 24 hours. Uh, for a list of either of those things, please visit circuitpython.org/contributing. Uh, you'll find all the information that is listed here um, and details about the open issues and open pull requests. And if you're looking to start contributing to CircuitPython, uh, reviewing and um, checking out issues is an excellent place to start. We are perfectly happy to help you get started on Git and GitHub if you are unfamiliar. We have a guide and we are always available to answer questions. So check out that uh, link if you are looking to get started. Uh, In terms of library updates in the past week, we had two new libraries, which was uh, BLE heart rate and the clue library. And then we had a number of updated libraries, uh, the list of which I will not read off um, as it is fairly long. And that is where we are with the libraries. And now I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka.
3: Hello, I'm Melissa. I go by Maker Melissa. And this information is regarding Blinka, which is our Circuit Python compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. Um, we had, this week we had two pull requests merged by one author and two reviewers. Um, we have one open pull request at this point, which has been open for four days. We have two closed issues by one person, um, 31 open issues at this point. And in on PyPI downloads this last week, we had 2,320. And we have currently 38 boards supported. I'll turn it back to you.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Next up is Hug Reports, and I'm going to turn it over to Jeff to uh, get started with Hug Reports.
4: Hello. Every week we like to take some time to thank others for the good stuff they're doing. Whether it's somebody who helped you out directly or someone doing good in the community, that's up to you. And we call that section Hug Reports. Uh, As Katni mentioned, we do this in a round robin fashion. I'm going to start then follow the list alphabetically and jump back up to the top until everybody has a turn. If you can't attend or you're text only, then I'm going to read your notes from the document when your name comes up. If I miss somebody by accident, please speak up or drop a text note on the channel. Because uh, I miss, missed somebody last time. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, onto my hug reports. And speaking of butchering names, uh, I want to thank uh, Zoltan Voros, who is v923z on GitHub. Andrew Gatherer and Thomas Shooker for their awesome work on ULab FFTs and spectrographs. Uh, That's code that I got to build on last week, and it was just so easy to get stuff up and running. And that's going to turn into well, that's turned into a pull request, and we're going to merge that real soon. I also wanted to thank uh, Summersoft, Katni, and Dan for working on this releases problem over the weekend, and just for keeping the community informed. And that's it for me. So I will read Jerry's notes. He sends a hug report to Katni for the awesome clue spirit level demo and a group hug. Um, and now it's time for Katni. Hi, Katni.
0: Hi, thank you. All right, so I wanted to give a hug report to Foamy Guy for his first library release. Um, he's been uh, doing a lot of stuff with uh, testing and merging PRs um, and got added to our review team. Uh, which also gives permissions to do releases and so we um, went through how to do that and he did that uh, last week so that was excellent. Uh, To Summersoft for dealing with the bundle and releases breaking, um, we had to do some digging to figure out what happened but the The right now, uh, the bundle isn't building properly, there's no release assets. So there's no new libraries, um, in terms of like the the actual download files. So uh, we we did a bunch of digging, I can talk about that in my status update, and um, found out where the issue was and Somersoft uh, put a lot of work into that. So thank you. Um, I want to give a hug report to Jerry for testing my clue demos and making a suggestion regarding the spirit level demo. Uh, The bubble was not acting like a bubble it didn't rise and that was a suggestion by him to actually make it more like a spirit level so that was an easy thing to implement and i appreciate the suggestion to dan for adding tuple support to palette in display io it previously only supported uh, hex and a lot of other there's a number of other libraries that use palette to control color which meant that that necessity to use hex was passed through into those libraries um, And after some discussion, we decided to add uh, tuple support to uh, Palette. So thank you very much for that. Um, I want to give a hug to Jeff for running hug reports and status updates today. And to Melissa for taking notes. And that's what I've got.
4: Thanks, Katni. Uh, King or North is lurking, so now we're ready for maker Melissa.
3: Hello. Let's see. Uh, Oh, I'm in the wrong section here. Where do, oh, here it is. I'm on the line break. Uh, OK, I wanted to give a high report to Tanu for representing us at Pike Cascades and uh, group hug like everyone.
4: Thank you. Uh, Mr. Certainly is lurking. Ms. Costi is lurking. So that brings us to Sedacious.
5: Howdy, everybody. Uh, so I've got a couple. Uh, first off, to Summersoft, Katni, and Dan for being uh, quick to address the issue with the releases. Um, and for keeping everyone informed. Uh, it was nice to see. Um, let me know if you guys need any help. Uh, another one to Dan for getting the um, BLE cadence and speed sensors for bikes, uh going, um, getting the um, drivers available for those. Um, I'm not sure if it's one or two. But either way, thank you uh, that allowed the uh, The next thing I have to happen, uh, which is another thanks to and hug for uh, Dylan, the Harada, for kicking butt on the piloton demo. Um, It's looking great, and I will probably put one on my bike when I get it out of the garage, which will probably never happen. Uh, Another thank you to Digikey and Adafruit for sponsoring putting the uh, clue in all of the PyCon. Uh, swag bags. Uh, I'm expecting to see a lot of cool things come out of that, both during the con and after. Um, so that's going to be really fun to see. Uh, the board is just so dang cool that I can't imagine that you know anything short of all kinds of fun stuff will happen. Um, and uh, lastly, one to uh, Dan for um, pointing me towards Bill Binko's AirTalker sip and puff code. Um, Bill wrote this a while back um, to help out someone. And um, I'm working on a 7 puff demo myself. Uh, and uh, So I was able to get some good ideas from it and uh, integrate it into mine. And also, of course, to Bill for writing that in the first place. And that's it for me.
4: Thank you. Uh, Scott, what do you have for us this week? Hello. Uh, First,
2: uh, I spent all weekend at PyCascades down in Portland, and it was just awesome. So a huge hug report to everyone uh, who put uh, PyCascades on and attended. Uh, It was really, really cool. So thank you for that. Uh, Shout out specifically one for Paul Staufferin from Teensy uh, based based outside of Portland. So he jumped in and decided to do his first Python conference, which was really cool. Uh, And he actually brought... A uh, bunch of Teensies that he had flashed with the early CircuitPython code, uh, Teensy 4s with CircuitPython on it, and was giving them away to f- folks. So that was really, really uh, cool to hear that that he was doing that and uh, jumping into promoting Python on Teensy. It was really, really awesome. Um, thanks to Keith Packard, uh, creator of Snack, and also a board I forget what it's called, it might be just Snack board, but it runs CircuitPython as well. Uh last minute I uh, asked Georgia to uh if Keith was going to be at PyCascades, he wasn't, but uh he I don't I, hopefully he didn't have plans he disrupted, but we he came out for dinner and we got to sync up and that was really cool. Um thanks to Je- uh Jeff Epler for reorganizing the ULAB docs at my request. Uh really happy to see things consistently documented and I know it's kind of a pain, uh, but I appreciate you doing that work. Um Thanks to James Bowman uh, from X Camera uh, for the low-level Eve graphics driver PR. It's not quite in yet, but uh, it'll be really cool to see uh, CircuitPython work with the GameDuino Shield. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Eve chip is actually like a graphics, kind of like a basic graphics cardy sort of IC, um, and this low-level module will do bitpacking sorts of stuff that makes the code interacting with Eve much quicker. Uh, so excited to see that. And then uh, lastly, thank you to Terry Oda from uh, the MicroPython and CircuitPython community for doing a talk at PyCascades about making a uh, soldering kit for Maker fairs that runs MicroPython. It was really, really cool to see someone mention Digikey and KiCad at a uh, Python conference. I thought it was really awesome that terry included both uh the software sides of things and the hardware uh sides of things for what is prim- primarily a software audience so thanks terry for that and that's it for me
4: thank you uh tg techie you're up next as always a huge community hug
6: for the work you do and the amount of time and care you put into such an awesome product
4: Thank you, uh, Andrew, do you have anything for us today? and welcome. I don't uh, know that I recognize your name. Uh, Andrew seems to be well somebody's typing in the uh, okay Andrew is just lurking. Well, it's good to see you and uh, hope to see you again. Anne is lurking and Carter is lurking but left us some. Um, reports he says hug to dan h for helping figure out some ble stuff See grover is lurking so that brings us to dan
7: hello everybody so um first of all thank you jeff uh so much for getting new lab going in circuit python like almost immediately and we're having a really good discussion with the um the developer of the library and it's it's all working out very positively so thank you very much um, thanks to, to Scott for going to PyCascades and talking there I haven't had a chance to watch this talk yet but I'm going to do that really soon uh, thanks to Summersoft for debugging the specific issues with the um, bundle build I think it was Summersoft who, who figured that out specifically um, uh, Thanks to Lucian Higher Effect for adding even more STM32 boards. They're coming fast and furiously. Uh, thanks to Neubach, I don't know how to pronounce that exactly, for the CircuitBrainz boards, which have been added to CircuitPy, CircuitPython over 100 boards now. Um, thanks to James uh, Bowman, who I think is known as the bald engineer, for working on Game Duino, uh, bindings and he's working on a PR to CircuitPython right now, which is under development. Um, thanks to Lady Ada for saying, hey, come on, how about just fixing this uh, simple long-term thing, which is that when we can't find a file, um, instead of just saying we can't find a file, we should say what the file name is that we can't find, which is, has been a support issue. Uh, so now it does. If you try to open a file that's not there, it will tell you the name of the file that isn't there, which is great. Then people can debug their typos and things like that. Uh, Thanks to Dylan and John Park and the Ruiz brothers for working on a a BLE bicycle sensor project that you'll see shortly, uh, which is in great shape, uh, working out very well right now. I wrote the original library and they took off from that. All right.
4: Thanks, Dan. Dave P is lurking. Uh, David Gloud left us a note in the docs. He thanks Katney for the clue library that he plans to use next week. Uh, and then we go to De Wester, who is also listed as lurking, who has a hug report for Foamy Guy and Katney for patience and persistence while walking me through the Titano weather station code issues I was having. And uh, that brings us to you, Foamy Guy. What's up? I don't hear anything. Is your mic on? Well, let's go on to higher effect and then uh, Foamy Guy drop a note. Oh, okay, go ahead and read his. Uh, so Foamy Guy says group hug to everyone working on Clue. Got mine this past week and I've had tons of fun with it already. And a hug to Katney for showing me the ropes of PR reviews, merging, and releases. And yeah, thanks so much, Foamy Guy. Uh, The help is awesome. Keep it up. Um, Anyway, Higher Effect.
8: Uh, This week, thanks to uh, Scott and Lady Ada for a good conversation about uh, priorities going into new STM32 territory. Um, thinking about the uh, the F7s and H7s and expanding out in that direction. So that was a nice conversation. Uh, also, thanks to them and also Dan for uh, the reviews this week on um, and testing by uh, Ada on the uh, Espruino Pico boards and the Discovery F Four Hundred Seven. I appreciate those reviews. Thank you.
4: Thanks, Jason P is lurking, and I think that brings us all the way around. So if I didn't miss anybody. We are going to jump ahead to status updates. Status updates.
2: Oh, are... this oh, is. Hi.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, hi, just. Uh, hi. Uh, thanks to Lady Ada for um, merging a pull request for the Open Hardware Summit badge to add the buttons on for that, and uh, thanks to Michael Welling and Alex uh, Camilo who've been uh, working on um, uh, testing out the badge, and Alex is making a programming jig, so things are going along nicely with uh, number one hundred
4: awesome thanks for the update and uh, I'll learn one of these days to look at the list of people in the voice channel and not just the document Um, okay status updates we're gonna run this in the same round-robin fashion just take a couple of minutes and let us know what you did last week and what you're planning to do this week if it's a longer topic that you want to open for discussion please hold it for the final section in the weeds if you've got a discussion topic but haven't put it in the notes document yet this is your uh, final notice that you should do so so uh last week um we switched the jet player over to portrait mode there's this register that's called MadCTL, and you can switch the rotation either in circuit python software or by setting this register and uh, lady ada made the decision that um, although it risks creating some Tearing, if you're updating the screen quickly, uh, probably users of the Pi Gamer were going to benefit more by having the faster updates, particularly of bitmaps, um, when we set this bit and we don't do software rotation. So once she changed that, I could switch Jet Player to portrait mode, which just makes it more comfortable to handle. Uh, I started a port to Pi Portal, but uh, none of the touch logic does anything yet. So it comes up on screen, it plays MP3s, but you can't interact with it. Uh, the thing that I had the most fun with last week was this U Lab, and you know Scott and Dan praised me for how quickly this got somewhere, but that is because of all this code I could rely on, and um, the porting efforts that were uh, already done by Gatherer A, and so it made it real fast to get something that uh, was working and did stuff. Uh, also, I. Did a detour I thought oh I can pick up an item on the nrf for the PWM audio output, and it just didn't work out this morning, and I was grumpy about that, but uh, you know I needed to give it a try. Anyway, this week uh, today and tomorrow i'm working on jet player Wednesday is a travel day for me Uh, Thursday and Friday, I will be back to working on ULab, and I will have reduced hours while i'm traveling. And so, my ongoing fun item is I'm going to be in the Austin, Texas area from the 13th to the 19th, and the Dallas area from the 21st to 23rd. If you have any travel tips or want to see if we can find a time to meet, DM me. Uh, that's what I've got. So, Katni, what do you have?
0: All right, thanks. So, last week, I finished the clue library, released it in, into the world, and immediately received bug reports like you do. Uh, so, I fixed some bugs. And then uh, finished the Clue product guide, which is no longer in moderation. It has been released. So if you are looking to get started with your Clue or you want to know more information about it, um, please check out that guide. Uh, There's pinouts, images, there's downloads available, information on all the sensors, that sort of thing. Um, It's a good place to start. And then started creating a series of clue demos, some based on something called Sensor lab from Arduino. Um, I completed a height calculator uh, where you use, it uses the um, barometric pressure sensor and altitude. You set it somewhere, zero it out, and then lift it up and it tells you the difference. Um, I did a spirit level demo, which is a graphic um, spirit level it has concentric circles and a dot in the middle, and when you move it, the dot rises. And a temperature and humidity monitor, where you customize it by setting temperature and humidity ranges, and then um, it turns the text blue if it drops below the range, it turns it red if it goes above the range, and there's an optional audible alarm that will go off when either of those events happen. I began guide pages for each of those demos, they're, for now, going to live in the Clue Guide. and They have an intro, the code, um, they will have images, and then a simple explanation of the code. Um, and then lastly, uh, Friday, of course, um, dove into the fact that the bundle didn't release properly and then realized that none of the libraries were going to release properly either. It was a change made in the third-party GitHub action that we use to upload release assets. Um, they changed how they did one thing and it turns out that that particular thing used to be hard-coded and now it's dynamic and therefore um, it messed with how uh, how we were using it. Um, so, Summersoft has a pull request in for fixing that. Um, the developer who wrote it was engaged at least in the issue that was initially posted um there hasn't been any activity on the pull request um since then but uh i we will you know we'll we'll keep you updated and let you know how that goes um for now we are every time the bundle is released um dan has been setting it as a pre-release so that uh, circuitpython.org at least continues to point to the last valid uh, bundle release so for your own knowledge, um, at the moment, if new changes are made to a library, they're not in the bundle. Um, It will, obviously, once we get this updated, everything will go back to how it was and um, no changes to how we're doing things will be necessary because it's all handled in the background. So that was last week. Uh, This week, today is Library Monday, of course. So I'll be going through making sure that um, Well, actually, I won't be going through making sure everything's been released. Uh, That's typically what happens on Library Monday, but not this Monday. Um, But I'll take a look at any issues, open issues, PRs, that kind of thing, um, see where we're at with stuff and make sure that um, nothing's getting missed. I need to do blog posts for three recently released guides. Um, I still need to work on the uh, documenting running this meeting. So that others uh, will have something to go on if they want to, um, if they want to run this meeting, we're we're trying to broaden um, who's involved so that more people can uh, be involved in it. Um, we need to get images or videos or both for the clue demos I mentioned earlier for those guide pages. Uh, and then after um, those pages are done, we're gonna start more demos. Um, a compass demo maybe next um or i'm brainstorming uh just general ideas for stuff to do with the clue which is uh kind of difficult because there's so much to do with the clue um so many sensors so uh that um at least probably gets me through wednesday uh thursday is a travel day for me so i will not be available um but i will be back around on friday uh for at least part of the day and that's what's going on with me
4: well someone keeps busy <laughs> king of north is lurking so maker melissa hello so last what's week up? i
3: was heads down again with adding functionality to the web plotter to make it work with SensorLab, lab and i uh, was able to Update some of the Raspberry Pi installer scripts for the kernel level TFT drivers, bugs, and work better, such as adding rotation to the 240 by 240 when using the console. Um, this week, I'm going to do some more web plotter sensor lab integration, but I'm hoping to uh, get back to working on some more of my pending PRs.
4: All right, Mr. Certainly and MS. Costi are lurking. So Sedacious, you are up.
5: All righty. Uh, so um, this week, but I think the previous week or so, I wrote the guides for the LIS3MDL and LSMDS33 sensors. One is a magnetometer. The other is a combo Excel and, uh, or rather, accelerometer and gyroscope. Um, so that was a while. Back Um, last week, I worked on the guides for the ICM 2649 and the LIS-2 MDL. Yes, that's it. Uh, Lots of numbers and letters. It gets confusing. Um, The latter two are waiting for uh, PCBs and to get into production for um, the final pictures for the guide. Since then, I've been working on a uh, sip and puff demo uh, using the um, LPS33 pressure sensor. Uh, It's like the LPS35 that I wrote a diver for a long time ago. It seems. It's been a while, Um, except for the fact that it has a little uh, port on it that you can attach uh, o ring to, or in my case, a little piece of tubing. So I was able to get that plugged into a OLED screen, STEM board, and then into the uh, STM32 feather to have a totally STEM QT plug-and-play uh, sip puff device. Uh, all I had to do is uh, stick some tubing onto the uh, the port on the, the sensor. So I've been working on the code for that, and I got it in a pretty good place where it's uh, displaying the um, <clears throat> current pressure um, various pressure thresholds um, and um, detection events on the OLED screen. And then I um, added some code to make it so that people can um, essentially write little plugins that get callbacks when there's different event types. Um, so I'll be wrapping up the software on that today and then starting on the guide for it. And um, it's been really kind of fun getting to work on user space code. I've been doing a lot of drivers and uh, libraries recently. so um it's it's been fun to use parts of my brain that have been slacking off for a while. Um, so that's it for me. uh this week i'll yeah I'll be doing other stuff after that assuredly, but what that will be at this point, I'm not sure
4: well, that's okay. cool stuff. Um, Scott, tell us about PyCascades. cascades.
2: Hello, so I spent I drove down on Friday to Portland, which is like three hour drive from Seattle uh And just met a ton of people and saw some folks that I knew. So Paul was there. Uh, That was awesome. Um, Georgia, Thea, Nina were all there uh, as well. Um, I spoke last, (laughs) which is the first time I spoke last, which was uh, pretty interesting. And uh, for those of you who haven't watched yet, the video is all about our or the talk is all about uh, Python's next decade and us. It's a very big vision uh, that will come to you folks as members of the CircuitPython community. Uh, no surprise at all. But the gist is that uh, we should focus on the folks that don't program yet and uh, work on getting them on board. So uh, check out that video. There's uh, Phil posted the links earlier there. And the official video should go out in the next uh, few days. I think they're pretty quick with it. Uh, so shout out to Elaine, who was doing all of the filming and stuff. So thanks. Thanks to her. Um, last week, before I took off, I got a uh, four-ish PRs and pushes out around the BLE sensor, like broadcast net stuff. Um, I'm still pretty excited about it, but I do want to kind of like get it to a state that people can actually try it and use it. Uh, one of the weakest links right now is the using the ESP32 as a bridge. Um, so the more thought I could take a look at using a Raspberry Pi to do that. So I may actually try to get some basic. Uh, underscore BLEIO stuff working in blinka which would be cool um by basic i basically mean uh just the advertising side of things um and then we'll be able to use like the a raspberry pi as a bridge rather than uh just the esp32 spy stuff um because i was gone all weekend like i got home at like 11 p.m last night <laughs> I, I didn't even have time to like try to get to jump on emails and reviews so uh, sorry if you're waiting for me, but I plan on getting uh, through all of that today. Um, and then, of course, I'll have some more to do tomorrow, but that's all good. i uh, love to see all the activity. Uh, last thing I wanted to note is that uh, as of last week, uh, Monday morning, uh, you don't have to be a good coder at all. We just I was counting all code- coders, good and bad. Um, anybody who hasn't done it at all is, is my interest. Um Sorry, I got distracted. Uh, Zephyr is an open source, uh, real-time operating system with a lot of backing from a lot of different companies, uh, including Nordic. Uh, they have a completely open Bluetooth stack. Uh, yeah, don't don't worry about distracting me. Um, which is really neat and interesting. It's interesting because it has a lot of different involvement from a lot of different companies like TI and ST and NXP and Nordic. Um, so uh, Adafruit joins the Zephyr Foundation, uh, which is part or related to the Linux Foundation, uh, and so we actually do have a voting. We, we can actually vote in their technical steering committee stuff if we go to it. So uh, I'm kind of curious. I'm planning on there' an hour long meeting on Monday morning or on Wednesday morning, so I, I'm starting to sit in on those. And uh, I was reached out to by uh one of the folks there they wanted to chat privately today so i'll be doing that as well um i think there's some interesting com- community work and insights that we can provide in- into the the zephyr organization um and i'm really curious to see how uh like a an open source project with a lot of different companies paying people to work on it works um a lot of their focus on the engineering side, I think, is more like product design stuff. Uh, Dan and I uh, have taken a look at it before, and like they hard code a lot of things like you know in CircuitPython, you can just say like, make this pin an i squared C and we do that all logic for you, whereas uh, that usually happens in in Hal's in general and Zephyr two, where you do that at compile time rather than runtime. Um so there's some interesting things there to chat with them about. Uh, So we'll start engaging with Zephyr, but we don't have any immediate plans to switch over to it. We are kind of just keeping our feelers out for interesting uh, real-time OSs to potentially move CircuitPython on top of uh, to get us better um, concurrency sort of primitives under the hood. Uh, And then maybe also once we have those good primitives under the hood, we can start to think about how that impacts the Python side as well. so yeah, that's me, uh, sensor broadcast net stuff. So, if anybody has like a sensor network at their house or is playing around with it, let me know. I'd love some folks that are willing to try it too. So, uh,
4: let me know. Can we just take the Bluetooth stack and leave the rest of it, or it's probably pretty well intertwined with their real time OS primitives? So, I suppose, yeah, it's not really clear to me.
2: Out. It's not clear to me. They they have something called West, which is the like their package manager slash build manager as well.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so throw away your build system for CircuitPython and take theirs to use the RTOS. Uh, that's great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gonna be my general feedback when I talk to them today. Which is like, it would be cool if it was all more separated. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that we could, and and the, like I asked uh, one of the other folks on the committee, like, do you have any examples of taking an existing project and moving it into Zephyr? Right. And the answer was like, not really. Like they have a really cool, they have a good minimal example, um, but it's still just like create a new repo and create all these new files. And it's just like, no, I have a large repo. Right. Um That being said, there is a port for Zephyr in upstream MicroPython, um, which is interesting as well. And uh, I got into this because I noticed uh, Maureen Helm, who works at NXP and is the chairperson of the technical steering committee, was actually making PRs upstream to MicroPython. So I started engaging with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, Damien's now, I I think, merged in the PRs that Maureen's made as well. So it's cool to see that moving upstream too.
4: All right, Uh, I kind of skipped by SummerSoft, who left a text update in the channel. He says, hey, got swooped up impromptu style at work and have another meeting shortly. I'll try to get some notes in. Outside of that, group hug to all. Uh, So that brings us down to TG Techie.
6: Wow, Scott, that sounds like a bunch of really cool stuff. Kudos and good luck. Um, So this past week, I have been working on my website, um, because I realized my current projects they're documented in my head, and in the emails I send my grandfather as an update, but not in a way that I could actually use as a resume or a way that I could show people um and traditional blogs just weren't feeling right um so I've been using Jekyll and a bunch of CSS, touch of JavaScript to make everything from scratch. Couldn't couldn't use Bootstrap. Couldn't yield the control um, over to them. As well as waiting for the circuit boards for my watch to come in, and they did literally an hour ago. Um, so I'm I'm now holding this almost wafer thin. PCB in front of me and trying to fit it into this 3D printed case with a battery motor and a bunch of chips and it's awesome because it's all about to run CircuitPython. Um, And yeah, that's what I have been up to. Um, The GUI work has stalled for the past week because I'm I'm hitting some uh, theoretical roadblocks as to like scrolling and how I want page swapping to go through and if it's separate from scrolling you have to implement it it's a thing I need to think about um, so that's next week along with a bunch of soldering luckily there's a three day weekend uh, I think that's about it yes
4: thank All you right. well we'd be happy to see a link to your website when it's in a state you're happy with
6: I can I can do that thank you
4: Alright, heading back up to the top of the list. Andrew is lurking, Ann is lurking, Carter is lurking, C Grover, are you lurking? I think so. Alright, Dan.
7: Okay, so uh, a bunch of things. So last Tuesday, um, I uh, we figured out what should go in Beta 5 and I built it on Tuesday night, and that's uh, available now. It has a number of fixes, which should make it uh, make it work well with BLE and some stuff like that. Um, other things I've done since then, um, there have been some complaints that uh, timed up monotonic nanoseconds and timed up sleep were only accurate to the nearest millisecond. And it turned out to be quite easy to make them to be accurate to the nearest to, to microseconds. It's still not wise to, to um, rely on them for, for accurate timing, in the sense that there are things that go on in Python, like garbage collection, that can easily add a lot of latency, but it's nice to have um, more accurate timing just for, like I needed it for some timing purposes, for some testing purposes to get, millisecond wasn't good enough for me. I needed to know some kind of elapsed time that involved microseconds. So that's done. Um, There was a longstanding bug in the I2C speed setting on NRF. The code was just wrong, so I fixed that um uh lady ada found a strange thing um in which i2c transactions readings from some sensors on the clue board were taking a long time and if you look carefully they actually took longer and longer and originally uh i thought maybe this was a problem with i2c because i narrowed it down to a particular commit where we uh, made some i2c changes but it turns out it really was just that those changes started using some Python code that allocated storage with a with statement, and it turns out that uh, using a with statement, causing it to allocate storage, it doesn't happen with all with statements. Um, you just It just takes longer and longer to allocate the storage as memory fills up, and then as the garbage collects it goes back again, but it can be a factor of 10 in terms of the time it takes to do an I2C read in a loop, or it really makes the loop run slower and slower. So it had nothing to do with I2C. Uh, I was just, I told my wife about this. and I said, it's sort of like we thought there was a problem with the toaster, but it turns out there's a problem with the bread. Okay. So uh, that was, that was the analogy I thought of. Uh, As Caddy mentioned, I added tuple and list support to palette.color, and this week WE'RE GOING TO TRY TO KNOCK OFF SOME MORE ISSUES FOR THE 5.0 RELEASE AND I'M GOING TO TRY TO AGAIN WORK ON uh, SPIM 3 THAT IS THE HIGH SPEED SPIM PERIPHERAL ON THE NRF BOARD. OKAY.
4: I'M SUPER EXCITED ABOUT THE TIME ACCURACY. I MISSED THAT ONE GOING BY. DOES THAT APPLY TO ALL THE BOARDS OR JUST ONE FAMILY?
7: NO, I MADE IT WORK ON ALL THE BOARDS. AWESOME. YEAH. Even even this presence, which has a completely different internal how, yeah.
4: Okay. Um, Dave P. is lurking, and uh, David Gloud has some text notes for us. He says, last week, made Cheerlight BLE Hub the ultimate IoT demo. Wi-Fi to get JSON and BLE advertisement of Cheerlight Color. And he has got a link, which I will drop into the text chat. And then second started to add features to the MLX 90640 Pi gamer thermal camera, and he is comparing it to the feature set of another thermal camera called Danny UHY eighteen, and I'll drop this other link in the chat. Uh, this week, getting a clue and more thermal camera updates. Uh, Drew Fustini, what's up?
1: Hello, um, so. Got the um, buttons added for the Open Hardware Summit badge uh, into CircuitPython. Playing around today with um, SVG to Shenzhen to get the Blinka logo into the um, the silk screen on the badge, um, and then we'll be looking at seeing how we can get it to be lower power um, on the badge, and also looking at how to make like a menuing system that'll call other programs that people put on the badge. So uh, that's it for me. thanks.
4: Cool. Uh, Foamiga, are you ready to try your mic again?
9: Can you hear me now? Yes, awesome. Go ahead. Excellent. All right. So, uh, for last week, I finished up uh, and got pushed and merged in an example for the gizmo. Um, it's a thermometer. It's just a, a very basic one. Draws a bitmap on the background and splash some data from the thermometer on top of it. Um, but it leads to a nice, nice example to learn from. And then. Um, rest of the stuff for last week was I did a bunch of compass and inclinometer examples for different accelerometer and magnetometer uh, breakout boards. And then, uh, as Katni mentioned, uh, I learned a ton from her about um, the, the process of merging pull requests and doing releases in the libraries and all of that stuff. And then the last two were uh, I got my Clue device and spent uh, a, a ton of time, perhaps possibly more than I should have, but that's OK, uh, playing with it. And then um, I dove into the, the BLE stuff in CircuitPython 5 for the first time. So I know that's been out there for a little bit, uh, but I hadn't had a chance to really play with that. So I kind of got my feet wet with that. Um, and then next week, I've got on my plate uh, to work on the NeoTrellis M4 tone example. Um, to try to track down a a weird issue I saw um, playing audio out of the mixer and see if I can't kind of nail that down and figure out more specifically what's going on and get an example to show off um, to some of the folks here and see if we can't figure out if I've done something wrong or or what's going on there. Um, And then I want to play with the Bluetooth some more. Um, and then uh, the last thing for me, really, is just to keep um, working my way through the list of issues. So I've learned a ton uh, working on the ones that I have. Um, and I just want to take you know keep working through that list and figure out if there's more uh, stuff that I feel like is kind of within my capabilities at this point. So that's where I'm at.
4: Well, keep understand uh, keep expanding those capabilities because uh, you know you're learning all the time and You'll be able to do an issue next
9: week that you couldn't do this week. Sure, yeah, that's what—that's one of the the coolest things so far has been just how much I've learned, even on the the relatively basic stuff I've worked on. So for sure, great. Uh, Geek guy is text only, so uh, they
4: are working on a small update to the MSA three hundred one library, but that uh, gave them a GitHub headache. Uh, we're here to help you with GitHub stuff, so ask questions. Uh, maybe that was the authentication issue that went by earlier. I'm not sure. Uh, also working on adding animations to the, HT60, the HT16K33 60 ht library and the alphanumeric display. I already have some good progress with one animation that uses the entire display. And now we are on to you, Effect.
8: Uh
4: This week, or this
8: past week, I uh, added the Esperino Pico and the Esperino Wi-Fi. Uh, those are two boards that are normally used for a javascript interpreter uh and now they do python interpretation so um it was a pretty <laughs> pretty straightforward uh swap for what they the features they have on those chips um they uh the esperuino wi-fi has a uh, esp32 on it uh for wi-fi access but unfortunately it's a little old apparently so um it may be a while before that gets the full Wi-Fi feature set. It was a very tiny board, one of the smallest STM32 boards I've seen, so that's kind of cool. I also added uh, core temperature readings and core voltage readings to the STM32 port, which were some of the kind of the last 5.0 issue for that that we wanted to get done. or a 407 discovery board, uh, which, which has a pretty uh, large feature set. That's uh, a nice thing to have, too. Um, in addition to just kind of the uh, regular upkeep work, uh, I got to sit down um, just over text with uh, Scott and Lady Ada. We talked about the upcoming STM32 so, that includes adding uh, support for uh, kind of the next level up in ST, which is the STM uh, F7s and the H7s. Things like uh, uh, one of the projects I'm really excited about is the OpenMV, uh, Open Machine Vision project, which is a module that can do some pretty advanced camera work. So, I'm I'm very interested in. It's kind of opening it up to a new category of powerful Python equipment. Um, so that's all uh, pretty exciting. Tweak though, uh, before we're getting started on any of that, there's a couple more things that we want to get done for the STM32 ports. So that includes Pulse IO and Rotary IO, which are two pretty straightforward peripheral or uh, modules to uh, add in. Uh, and we've also had some bug reports recently. Um, there's some kind of, there's some little you know startup. Crashes uh, that it was startup crashes just got reported and uh, documentation issues uh, that might require some build. Uh, we have a whole set of build flags that are basically how big we want a circuit Python build to be, and those have been a little bit of a mess um, <laughs> since I got in with the STM32 and started having to change things. Um, so uh, it would be good to to revisit those before we move into a whole new. I'm hoping to address those pretty quickly and get started on some exciting new hardware, uh, which I still have to order. Um, uh, and then uh, beyond all that, speaking of Zephyr, Scott was talking a little bit about Zephyr, but I do, on the side, not related to STM, or not related to SurfPython work. I'm working on a Zephyr tutorial about getting set up with the basic uh, Zephyr Artos. Um, they have a pretty good startup tutorial on their website, but it Kind of misses some. If you're a very very early beginner to embedded work, um, it, there's still definitely some stuff that you wouldn't pick up. I think about how uh, kind of a project is structured and how where you, where you should put everything. So I'm hoping to kind of cover all of that stuff, and uh, and make it really really simple for people to get up and running with Zephyr. Because um, that if you're looking to really make the have the absolute best speed or make a commercial project out of something, um, if going to get the most out of a board like the STM32 Feather, um, able to access uh, just a, a lot of that uh, raw capability. Um, uh, excited to work on that as well. And that's it for me.
4: What form is that tutorial going to take? Is that going to be on a personal blog or a guide? Or do you know yet? Uh, no, that's, that's going to be a learn guide. So awesome.
8: um, Yeah, Uh, it's exciting. It's my first learn guide. So um,
4: and hopefully it'll come out okay. All right. Well, Jacob T is lurking. So that brings us down to In the Weeds, if I haven't missed anybody. Uh, Katni, do you want me to go ahead and kick off In the Weeds? Sure, if you want to. All right. Well, in the weeds is the time reserved for longer discussions. Um, Anything where you think there might be some back and forth and whether that's coming to a community consensus or getting a question answered, uh, now's the time. You have one last chance to add to the notes, but I'm just going to take it from the top in order. So uh, David Gloud, who is I think still uh, text only, says should there be a mini library bundle for the clue pi badge dot 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 the rationale is that for a board with a lot of sensors or a library that has a lot of dependencies oh hi david are you going to take over yeah do you hear me yes
10: okay well um yeah i don't have the text but basically um in the past we used to unzip all of the library and drop that into an express board no it's too big so we have to do it one by one and for some of the boards The main library is requiring sub library for all of the sensors. So if there was a single zip, um, with all the stuff you need for a clue, um, I don't have it yet. It's going to come tomorrow or for the pie Badge, maybe that's going to be easier because what most of the guides are doing uh, nowadays is to say, you need this and this, and this, and this library to do this, um, program where if you can say, take the basic zip um, and you have everything or take the basic zip plus that extra step. So that was the idea. I don't know if it's possible to automate that or to list what is required or whatever.
4: Well, I think it's certainly possible, but that, uh, you know, is work for the library authors and you know, you. it would be like requirements.txt, but for CircuitPython, I don't know if there's somebody who's interested in implementing it. That's probably the main question. I think it's an that, interesting that, idea.
10: That, that um, would be just the JIT app automation that, that that create the zip with whatever is required for this mode. But it, it will duplicate the files, but...
2: Right. Yeah, so I mean, the, the only downside I can think of is if whenever we release a repo, uh, library, we also have, like, a zip with dependencies then potentially, like, we'll have old dependencies in that um, rather than the latest versions of the dependencies as well.
0: Right.
8: I've seen, I can't remember exactly where I saw, but isn't something where you include, like, a frozen, you include frozen libraries in the build settings or something like
4: that? Yeah, but we've done that where the RAM constraints mean that we can't just put them on the... Uh, on the device in the file system, or the not the RAM, but the flash storage constraints.
0: Frozen libraries are a support problem because you have to redo the CircuitPython release to update the libraries. Um, So we only do that when it's absolutely necessary, and that sort of was limited to the M0 um, where it was absolutely necessary.
8: Okay, that's good to know.
5: I think the issue that uh, Scott was alluding to is this: that there's like a reverse dependency issue where whenever the library changes, you'd have to update everything that depends on it, um, which is certainly possible, but it's a lot of work that we should balance against. Um, you know, if there's another way to solve the same problem, and I feel like the the core issue is just that you know when you are working on a thing, you want to get all the libraries. For that thing and have it be super easy, and I, I think that you know, generally speaking, falls under the category of dependency resolution. And mm-hmm. I know myself and Thea and some other people have been really interested in tackling that because it's it's been a problem, uh, it, not a problem exactly, but it's you know it's just something that we've had to deal with, and we're going to have to keep dealing with it, and it's not going to get worse. So so my idea was to say okay. You
10: have the five zip with all the library for version five, and there would be a PI page zip with all the main library you need to use that specific hardware. So it's just to create that specific zip at the same time as you create the main ones with all of the piece together.
5: Uh, So are you talking about just having board specific zips? Yeah, something like that. Like for the yes. sort of Python or the TPX um, and the other ones that have their own little. Yeah. OK. That would well, that's be certainly... more tractable.
4: Yeah, the scope is much smaller. You don't do it for every library. You do it for these top level hardware enabled li- enabling libraries, I guess.
5: Yeah. And whatever cool. they depend on.
8: That would also be kind of handy for users who maybe don't know the full capability of the board they're working with and the, the libraries that are on there kind of give some indication of, you know, everything that they could try uh, that's like board specific.
10: Yeah. At, at least it will help me because yeah, every time there is a new version, I seek the file and oh, I did that one, that one and yeah, trial and error until it's happy. And sometimes you only notice when you go to that specific line, that you are missing one library and it's runtime so yeah
0: Mm -hmm. the thing that i've been doing lately um or i I say lately but i've done it twice now is creating a separate guide page on the product guide for that board that has all the possible libraries that you might want Um, so it doesn't necessarily apply like it's not specific to demos that are in the guide it's it would for this for the circuit playground blue fruit, it was basically all the libraries that you would want or need to run pretty much any demos that we did and I did the same thing for clue. Um, and we'll update that as we you know come up with more BLE demos and so on for that but it's it's just a page that has like a list it's not it's not a click and go but it's it's a separate page that is just a list of all the libraries that you need for all the functionality on the board
4: so um this is also kind of adjacent to what circup does but that looks at the device at the circuit file system to find out what to update right it doesn't help with your initial install yeah i believe so okay And the the other thing that occurred to me while Katney was speaking is, you know, if a board has a display, do you put every package that enhances Mm -hmm. and works with display IO or do you pick and choose?
5: I think we could come up with sensible defaults and you know say if you want this other stuff, here's how you do it.
8: I feel like Um, the, the critical thing would just be like for some like on the Meow bit for instance. There's nothing that's actually obvious about visiting the Meowbit page or anything like that that actually suggests what the screen is, right? It's actually, it's it's basically undocumented information um, until you really, really dig in. And so uh, a base collection of libraries that just says, yes, this is the screen that you have to use, and, and here's like the very basics that you need to get started with this board.
4: So hypothetically would this go in the bundle or would there be a new repository for clue where all of these things are submodules and it has its own releasing process or for somebody who is interested in taking up this work where would they start is it a fresh github repository is it a pull request into an existing one Where do you start
5: Good
2: I was going to say, I think if it's a documentation thing, it could be in learn guides like Katni's suggesting. And we could also do it in the board pages on circuitpython.org. That's the other place we could put it Uh, because we have, you know, boards that are not Adafruit boards. That's where we could document it. Um, And then uh, I imagine that if it's a matter of like a zip file, we would just do it as a release artifact on the like board specific library.
4: But a, a release artifact is gonna come from a GitHub repository, so which one?
2: Like for a circuit playground it would be on circuit playground. For clue it would be on clue.
5: That okay. would mean you'd have to be able to override the default uh, action setup, right?
0: Also that yeah. doesn't help you'd with, have um, boards that don't have a um, that doesn't help with boards that don't have a board specific library.
7: Yeah, I would think of it more in the bundle. Like it's just another another bundle thing that's built.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's
10: a mini bundle. I was thinking about Yeah, yeah. That's um, the way I think about I, it.
5: Well, I, I think that makes sense because AdaBot can take care of it and then I feel like we're gonna want to have this on circuitpython.org anyways. Yeah. So might as well just have it just go straight there and we can link to it from the individual repos for the boards themselves. Works for me. Okay, well now we just need somebody to do it.
2: <laughs> right, so the so the, so the, the the ideal would be in the bundle repo. There's one file per board that describes the libraries that should be in a bundle for that board.
4: And then it builds those into release artifacts so you get your clue-5.x.zip or whatever it would right. be called. Yeah. David, does that uh, cover what you wanted to cover?
6: Non-in-bundle library.
4: Perfect.
2: What, TG Techie? Uh, Can you hear me? Yeah.
6: What if um, someone makes a board and they want to include a non-cookie-cutter compliant, non-in-bundle library?
5: I don't think that should be happening. Okay. It's so like we we could help someone do something very similar in like the community. That's certainly an option. Um, yeah, you know, we're we're happy to help that. But I, I, I feel like if something is going to be in CircuitPython Python supported in this space it should, you know, comply to good documentation and, you know, standards and whatnot.
2: Yeah, sure. other folks can always provide other zips. Like if you want the mechanics of a per board bundle, then it should be through the mechanics that we have. And as totally. says, like, we have the community bundle for that too.
6: Totally understandable. Just trying to cover all the bases. And
2: yeah,
4: it's a good, a, a, a good thing to
2: think about. Okay. Thank you.
4: And also uh thanks for whoever wh- kind of added the one sentence summary of that to the notes document. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we get to the end of In the Weeds, and it's like we discussed that, but what was the conclusion? conclusion? So uh, thanks. I think we're ready to move on to you, Sedacious.
5: Cool. Uh, So one thing I forgot to mention in my uh, updates for what I've been working on is over the weekend, I uh, was able to unbrick my droid that I had bricked previously by trying to talk to it with JL Commander. Um, so I was able to dump the firmware from the second one that I bought and get it on the first one. And it's working again, yay. Um, so I am able to get back to working on that project, which is really fun. So I've been working with people in the um, uh, Galaxy's Edge Discord. Uh, they have a Makerspace channel. And there's been a lot of reverse engineering going on about the Bluetooth protocols that are involved in looking at the firmware and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so my project, my personal project for the next while, is to um, work on a Circuit Python library to allow you to interact with your droid. Um, ideally, it would run on something like a Clue. And I don't know exactly what the feature set is going to be at this point, but um, if there's anyone that's interested in working on this with me. Um, help would be appreciated working on it can be anything from you know actually coding to you know testing to working on documentation to whatever you know just, just the same way that anyone can help out in some way on circuit python or other open source projects if you're interested in this if you like bots if you like reverse engineering whatever just um at me in circuit python and we can talk Thank you, Sedacious.
4: That uh, those were the two topics that we had for in the weeds. So if nobody else has anything else, I'm going to turn it back to Katney to wrap things up.
0: Thanks, Jeff. Bye. All right. So this has been the Circuit Python Weekly for February tenth, twenty twenty. If I remember correctly, we have a U.S. holiday coming up. Uh, which means we will be moving or possibly moving the meeting, which I guess is another thing we should discuss before we wrap up. Uh,
2: I was planning on moving it because I will be not here.
0: Okay. Then we need to make sure we notify everybody. Um, I'll so do that right now. Next week, uh, the meeting will be moved. Um, so it will be on uh, Tuesday, yes? hmm Okay. At uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, And uh, this video, uh, the recording of this will be posted to YouTube and eventually to podcast services. Um, Other than that, uh, thank you everybody for participating. Um, We are always happy to hear about what's going on in the community and what's going on with um, everybody involved, not just with the official CircuitPython folks. Uh, It's always amazing to hear what everybody's doing um and sync up so thank you very much to everyone for participating and we will see you next week on tuesday
4: thanks everyone
5: thanks everyone see you later
2: Bye. Right, thank you